What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. This is our common ground. Alternative activists, empowerment, talk radio. Speaking truth to us and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's nothing. What were you before the white man means you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? As you honor our forefathers and foremothers, I urge you to honor our living heroes. When you honor the names of Matt Turner, Harriet Tubman, and Malcolm X, I urge you to honor the names of Geronimo Gijaga, Sundiata Akoli, Matulu Shakur, and Mumia Abu-Jamal. America's chickens! Coming home to roost. Violence begets violence. Hatred begets hatred. And terrorism begets terrorism. Our common ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Thank you for being with us. Stay tuned. And thank you for being with us. This is Our Common Ground, and we're so glad to have you on this Saturday night. I want to do a weather check. It's a beautiful, third beautiful summer day of the season here in New England, and the people are out, and it seems like the whole world has somewhat energized itself. Thank you for being here at Our Common Ground. Uh, Tonight I am um, wondering how you are and uh, hope that all is well. Lots have happened in our nation across the globe uh, this week, and trying to keep up is just sometimes overwhelming, and we hope that here at Our Common Ground, you will take a moment to breathe, to get some oxygen going in your brain. Tonight at Our Common Ground, we're going to be talking about something that has been of interest with me for a very long time, the politics and the realities of the debt and credit industrial complex. What is the profit of your score? Do you know your credit report score? Do you know what credit um, 
reporting agencies are saying about you. If you don't, we hope that by the end of the show that you will. Our guest tonight is Rodney Anderson. He's a nationally acclaimed expert, author, and consumer advocate for overall financial wellness. He is the author of Credit 911, Secrets and Strategies, for Saving Your Financial Life, which is published by Wiley & Sons Publishing. And we are pleased to be able to introduce you to him. Uh, He is not only uh, a consumer credit, debt, and uh, finance expert, he is also a consumer advocate. And we'll be talking about a project that he's, a legislative project that he's working on, uh, which is bipartisan in nature, coming out of, of uh, a part of his team in Texas, and what the congressional response has been to the issue of medical debts and medical re- uh, and and credit reporting. And we hope that you will join in our conversation. Our number for those of you who want to write it down is three four seven. Eight three eight nine eight five two. You're listening to our common ground. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you here, where we speak truth to power and ourselves. Before we meet with our guest tonight and get on our subject, I have a number of things I want to tell you about. Our common ground is going to be having a special, two specials in the month of July. The first will be July. Um, 8th, and uh, that special will be coming up on a Friday night, and we're joining with and trying to and attempting to support Black Women's Blueprint, which is a civil and human rights organization working to develop a culture where women of African descent are fully empowered and where gender, race, and other disparities are erased. Many of you may know of the recent conclusion of criminal proceedings against former New York police officers Kenneth Mata and Franklin Marina on charges of raping a woman they were called to assist, and it serves as a wake-up call for the need to system- for systemic approaches to sexual abuse by police. And our topic on July 8th with Black Women's Blueprint Two hours talking about the policing, the policing of girls. The second uh, special, our Common Ground special, will be on July 18th. And um, it will be a very special show for me because I spent a great deal of my political energy for more than two years to work toward a pardon or a release of Kimba Smith, who never used, sold, or handled drugs. She was sentenced to prison for 24 years without possibility of parole. She was a 20-year-old Hampton University student. She was pardoned by Bill Clinton by the protest of an outraged and passionate activist community with the leadership of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund Director Elaine Jones. She was freed after serving two and a half years. And I am pleased to be part of that history. And Kimba Smith is publishing her book. 
she we will be doing the first interview with her about the book Poster Child, the Kimba Smith story. And I am pleased, I am so pleased to have been part of how that story turned out. And that will be on July 18th at 10 p.m. right here at Our Common Ground. And a reminder for you, next Saturday at Our Common Ground, Dr. Jarrett Ball from Morgan State University in Baltimore. He is a professor of communication studies. He is the host of his own radio show, which he produces at Pacifica in Washington, D.C. And also, I mix the tapes I want. And we'll tell you more about Jared Ball when uh, later on in this program. Thank you for being with us. And now we will move on to our topic, the politics of debt and credit and finance in America and the profit based on your score. Our guest is Rodney Anderson, and I'm so pleased to have him. He's a nationally acclaimed expert, author, and consumer advocate for overall financial wellness. He's a recognized expert, a consumer advocate, an author, an active member of YPO International, which I'll have to ask him about. And he has a broad. He comes to us tonight with a broad knowledge and expertise ex- extending to all aspects of financial well-being, as well as the adversity that many consumers face. He's the author of the book Credit 911: Secrets and Strategies for Saving Your Financial uh, Life which is published by Wiley and Sons Publishing. It will go on the Our Common Ground uh, book list, and he is the creator of the Medical Debt Relief Act of 2009, which is a bill that has taken on the Fair Credit Reporting Act and passed in the U.S. House 336 to 82 and had 107 co-sponsors. The bill was created to protect consumers from suffering long-term effects of medical collection debt. The passing of this bill will mandate that once a medical collection is paid or settled, it must be completely removed from from that consumer's credit report within 45 days versus the current law, which is seven years. And we are so pleased to have with us tonight Rodney Anderson. Rodney Anderson, thank you so much for joining us on Our Common Ground. Well, it's great to be here this evening, Janice. Thanks for having me on. One of the things that I forgot to mention, and I certainly do want to underscore, is that uh, you are the host uh, of your own radio program, Saving Your Financial Life, on Dallas's 105.3 FM, The Fan, and News Radio 1080 KRLD. AM. So you are both my colleague, and based on the information uh, that this bill 
is going to pass, you you maybe go on my hero list. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, pre- I appreciate that. You know, passing a bill in this country is uh, harder work than most people would yes. ever imagine. But it, uh, we had a lot of success last year in the U.S. House when the bill passed. Actually, uh, we had to have it reintroduced in the U.S. House because of the change of power. But our bill was introduced about one month ago on, on June the 2nd, and it was introduced bipartisan. Uh, our champions are Heath Shuler, who is a, uh, a Democrat from uh, North Carolina, who is is a, a great man. I had him on my radio show recently. Ralph Hall from Texas, who is a Republican, and Don Manzullo from Illinois, who's a Republican. So we had three major sponsors of the bill right out of the gate, and and uh, we really think that we have a lot of momentum. I'm working in the Senate right now, trying to bipartisan the bill in the Senate, and you know, working through all that. This bill could help under my numbers. Could help under 90. I help 90 million people raise their credit score because the injustice that's happened with medical debts on their credit reports. Mm-hmm. And 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 I certainly congratulate you. And thank you for all the energy and the work that it has taken to get this bill through the House and what it's going to take to also get the attention uh, of the Senate. Rodney, let's start talking about the importance of what I have come to term as the debt, credit, and finance industrial complex because it imprisons in the same way that the prison industrial complex uh, in prisons, and it works because it's all based around somebody collecting some profit. Let's first talk about, uh, if you would, the basics of what credit and debt does in a person's life. Well, credit and debt, Janice, can run or ruin your life. You know, based on in the old days when credit originally started, the retailers wanted credit because they they wanted a buy now, pay later program. And it was reported on credit bureaus, basically. And you have the three credit reporting agencies. And all they did is they decided, are you if you paid on time, then they reported it on your credit. Well, back in the 60s and 70s, the government was under huge pressure because they felt that credit bureaus were discriminating against African Americans when it come to home loans. So they were trying to implement models, and they come up with this beautiful model called FICO. And, and the government was under such huge pressure back in the 80s that even though FICO wasn't foolproof, they come in, implemented this, this thing, and now I believe personally that FICO discriminates more than ever before, and they have created a monopoly because if there were only – three hospitals, or three banks, or three airlines in the entire country, Janice, would you consider that a monopoly? <laughs> I, I, I certainly would. I, let, me, let me stop you for a minute, Rodney. Okay. This is new to me. Are you telling me that FICO was created as one of the anti-discrimination initiatives in this country? Absolutely. And then I had FICO, no idea how that happened. Yes, and they but now it certainly they, is new to me. Well, and here's the thing, Janice. 
think about this. Experian and Equifax are publicly traded companies. Now, what is the publicly Let me ask tra- you about Experian and Equifax. I'm going to keep stopping you because oh, you I think people need to know what's at the bottom of this barrel. Equifax is owned by whom? Well, Equifax is owned by, uh, you know what, they're a publicly traded company. The Experian is owned by a pu- our publicly traded company also. You know, I don't know exactly who owns Equifax. They okay. are owned. Okay. I believe they're a publicly traded company, so I know that they're owned by Equifax. So with them being public, I think that it's it's a, you know, I don't know who the exact owner is, and I apologize for that one. And if I yeah, don't know and something. I don't have all of the information but at one time, I did have some knowledge that Equifax actually was started by the parent company of American Express. Yeah, one of the companies was, and I apologize. You know, one of the things how I always run my business, if I don't know the exact answer, I will never give wrong information. Yeah, so yeah, here's, yeah. here's what I do know. They're both publicly traded companies, and the one goal of a publicly traded company, Janice, is to make money. And what they have created is a system that just doesn't report mortgage lates or anything else. What they've come up with is a system that no matter if you have a bad debt anywhere else, they now just throw it on your credit report, and many times it's not without, not, or without notice. So let me give you a quick example. Let's say you go on vacation, and you go to the city of San Diego on a beautiful vacation, and you rent a car, and you actually accidentally park that car in the wrong spot, and you receive a parking ticket. Normally, that parking ticket will go to the rental car company. Let's say the rental car company does not give you that parking ticket, or a period of time goes by and it goes to a collection agency. Did the city of San Diego grant you credit? No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. So but why example, should it be where it goes on your credit report? Credit your should example be... example is so good because that did happen to me. Oh, did? <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> But, it but it's the same thing me. with this medical part. When you go to to get a mortgage, you sign an application. There's terms and conditions. You get a statement every month, and you know what to pay. And if you can't pay it, you know it's going to have a negative effect on your credit. But when you when you get an accident, you don't go to the hospital and sign a terms and conditions sheet. Or when you walk out of the doctor's office, you don't know the terms and conditions. You don't know what's covered and what's unco- are not covered. And then there's a third-party billing company. And then a $5 medical collection makes it to your credit report, drops your score 120 points, and you can't borrow money or you can't get the best interest rates. And what they do, FICO and the credit bureaus make money by these companies reporting on a daily basis, on a monthly basis, and they think their whole system is bulletproof. Well, if they're so bulletproof, Janice, why do we have a crisis in our country? Yes, yes. So, and they want to blame it, Janice. They want to blame it on the investment bankers. They want to blame it on mortgage lenders. You know, I'm a mortgage lender. They've been blaming it on us. But have you ever heard that... FICO should be the one that's to be blamed? No, they haven't. Mm-hmm, 
<laughs> let's go to the to the basics. Okay. Of the establishment, uh, some of the basics of the establishment of the uh, establishment of the um, of the credit reporting agencies. Okay. All of the credit reporting agencies are governed by federal law. Am I am I correct? That's correct. They are governed by the Federal Trade Commission. Exactly. And there are laws which govern how they must operate, but there are also state laws which govern how they can operate and 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 in a particular state. And the more more liberal law if it, for instance, would be the federal law, would supersede the state law. Is that correct? That's correct. The problem is with many of the state laws is is that you can complain about FICO and you can complain about the credit bureaus, but you're not going to have a huge amount of luck. You know, they're, they're, they're all regulated by the Federal Trade Commission, but are they really? You know, I was told mm-hmm. off the record by a major news organization that they are doing, the Federal Trade Commission is doing a study right now regarding credit bureaus. And it's a five-year study. And it was a major, major news organization that you see on the evening news all the time. And the producer of the show said the results are coming out next year, and these results will not be pretty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's really interesting in all of this that you never hear people that we elect to go to Congress address any of the inequities and the injustice and the predatory nature of FICO uh, yeah, I mean, as, I mean, as an we, issue. Yeah, we we don't have any of that. We, uh, you know, we do not... Uh, you know, nobody has stood up. And and here's the thing. Uh, Louis Farrakhan started the Million Man March. But why haven't, why don't we have a 20 million person credit march? Because you know how mad everybody is, Janice, at the, at the credit bureaus are at the, you know, nobody likes them. Oh, nobody likes them. They're worse but, than IRS. Oh, they're they're absolutely the worst, and they, and they have this secret formula, this credit formula, that nobody knows. The secret formula, and now, how is, is that it? That's the thing, the Fair Isaac's uh, formula that all of the 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 three credit, not all of them, the three credit bureaus use. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to FICO, is so like when you in the home mortgage arena, you can't do anything normally without a FICO. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we have to live by their formulas, but let me explain some things that a lot of people don't know. Please tell me how a person that has a $300 line of credit with a $270 balance is weighted the exact same way as a person that has a $30,000 line of credit with the two hundred or a twenty-seven thousand dollar balance, so three hundred dollars, two hundred and seventy dollar balance is weighted the exact same way as a thirty thousand dollar line of credit with a twenty-seven thousand dollar balance. People don't know that. Wow. And and why is it, Janice, real quick, why is it that a $5 collection is weighted the exact same way as a $5,000 collection? 
Why is that? Well, let me ask you a question about the the whole setup, the the infrastructure in which FICO operates, and the government is pretty willing to be negligent and turn their head in regard to it. Right. That, first of all, there seems to be no rules. The other is this whole the whole thing that Wall Street did about packaging derivatives and making cabbage soup out of all kinds of mortgages and stringing it all together and and making a casserole and then selling it off is what's happening in the credit reporting um, community. Well, can I go back? Let let me go back to uh, just a little bit. Let me explain this on how I feel that FICO actually created the housing market crisis and how FICO created the financial crisis. I call FICO the credit cartel. And basically, here's what happens. Janice, did you ever walk to your mailbox, and did you have an approved credit card offer in your mailbox? Oh, absolutely. They all want me. (laughs) And we all had them, right? Yes, and, it, and, and it I didn't opted just, out, so I get them no more. But it didn't say pre-approved. It said approved, right? Yes. Okay, and here's what was going on. It did not matter if you made $8 an hour or you made $80 an hour or you made $800 an hour. As long as you had a FICO score or a credit score over a certain number, Everybody was getting the same offers, no matter if it was $20,000 or $50,000. And so if you made $8 an hour and you received a $20,000 offer that said approved, what's the chances of you paying that back? Exactly. Not very good. So what they did is they went out and sent out all these things, and they put put credit cards on college campuses before our kids even made it through the bookstores, did a free T-shirt and a $5,000 credit card. But here's what happens. When you open up a credit line, Janice, it actually improves your credit because you have more capacity. So when they were building this thing up, this financial crisis, everybody's score was going higher. And then when so many people could qualify for mortgages, mortgages actually help your credit score. Until you start where you can't, or until when you cannot make the payments, and when you start getting maxed out and can't make the payments, that's when your score goes down. Well, FICA was building everybody's score up and creating this crisis. And now, right now in today's market, Janice, how many people have had a credit card line of credit shut down? Millions. Or they've had their limit lowered. Or they've had Mm -hmm. their home equity line shut down, even though they paid all their bills on time. And guess what happens? It lowers your capacity and it lowers your FICO. So I say that FICO created the crisis, and I also say that FICO is prohibiting us from coming out of this financial crisis. So if if you were if you were a, 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 a I'm trying to think maybe Dennis Kucinich or 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 Bernie Sanders might be the person uh, that any any of touch point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Any well, anybody that wants a platform. What them is the solution to this? Well, I how think do you get control? How do you get control of it? 
Well, I think, number one, they have to hold them accountable. But number two, I think we have to come up with fair competition in that arena. But I think the whole scoring method needs to go away. I still think we need credit. We need proof that people pay their bills on time. But this thing needs to be ripped apart. You know, we ripped apart a lot of things in our country. We ripped apart financial reform. But we didn't hit that when the financial reform law come out, we didn't hit the part of the area or the the biggest part of the area that did the crisis, and that's FICO. And you know why? Because they have big lobbyists. Because when there's only three of them, there's lobbyists. So if I'm a congressman and I'm running for Congress, now I will tell you, I will never be in politics, Janice. Uh, Janice I will make that right here. I will never run for politics. But if I am a U.S. congressman or woman, and are I am a U.S. senator, I am running on the FICO discrimination. I am talking to the American people that says, when I get in Congress, I will fix this injustice that's happening to you. How many people would win based on that? Oh, I I think that that would be a winner. Yeah, but nobody does. Because everybody's been affected by it. But here's, here's also, Janice, like the Medical Debt Responsibility Act that we created. We have had to sit down one-on-one with congressmen and, and congresswomen and senators. We've had to sit down with them, and we've had to basically educate them. Think about this. Most people don't realize how tough it is to get a bill passed in this country, but think about this. Let's say you work at Target, and there is a board of directors at Target, and you're just the common person. I'm just a common man that saw a problem happening and wanted to do something about it. So let's say I, did, I worked for Target, and I get the chance to go into the board of directors of Target, and I have to convince all the board of directors that I have the solution that is holding Americans back, that I have the solution to fix the housing market, that I have the solution to fix the economy. And now that common person goes into the board of directors and has to convince all those board members. Well, I want you to think of Congress as 535 board members of the largest corporation in the world, and you have to convince them and tell and explain to them what is happening. And we've gone person to person. And you know what? When people start hearing it and feeling it, when they all of a sudden they say, that happened to me. That happened to me. And guess what? When all of a sudden everybody's it's happening to, when the medical doctor has his credit score go down 111 points because and he's a doctor, or she's a nurse, or he's a nurse, or they're somewhere involved with finance within a hospital or a doctor's office, they understand medical billing, wouldn't you think? Then why does it happen to them? Exactly, exactly. So as you can tell, I'm a very passionate man about what I do. I mean, the bottom line, as as you have explained it, it's a rigged system. For those of you who are just joining us at Our Common Ground, our guest tonight is Rodney Anderson. He's a nationally acclaimed expert, author, and consumer advocate, and he is his book is Credit 911, Secrets and Strategies for Saving Your Financial Life. We're going to take a break, Rodney, and when we come back, I want to talk about the glitches. 
I think people need to know exactly what a credit reporting agency does, what it means when you do something, and how it bounces back. Thank you for being with us, and we thank Rodney Anderson for being with us as well here tonight at Our Common Ground. We're going to take this break, and when we come back, we'll do some more talking about debt and credit, and we'll take your calls at 347-838-9852 if you've got uh, questions for Rodney Anderson about credit, debt, and financing. Uh, We especially want to talk about those little bitty things on your credit report that maybe you can do something about and you can do something about it tomorrow. I'm Janice Graham, and on the other side of this break, I'll be listening for you. This is Janice Graham. wanted to tell you about two specials coming up on Our Common Ground. A Friday night special, July 8th, Policing Girls with Blueprint for Black Women, here at Our Common Ground at 10 p.m. And on July 18th, 10 p.m., a special with Kimba Smith, the poster child for mandatory minimum sentencing, will be with us talking about her new book, Poster Child, the Kimba Smith Story. I hope you'll be able to join us. Two Our Common Ground specials. On July 8th, Friday night, Policing Girls in the Inner City. And on July 18th, The Poster Child of Minimum Mandatory Sentencing, Kimba Smith. She will tell you her story, and she and I will tell you a story that we share. Hope you'll join us. You are our mothers, you are our sisters, you are our daughters. AIDS is the leading cause of death for black women ages 25 to 34. But there are things you can do to help. Prevention is power. Get educated, get tested, get treated. Help stop AIDS. You're listening to Our Common Ground. Thank you for being with us. And thank you for being with us on this beautiful New England summer night. Miss India Declare, the Indy of I Declare, Uh, is in the house. Thank you so much, Madam, for being with us. Our guest tonight, right on our common ground, is Rodney Anderson. If you're just joining us, you can join us in our chat room. Um, Alpha is in the chat room moderating for our common ground tonight. You can come to blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG and um, join our chatters as we discuss the politics of debt, credit, and financing in America, and the profit on your score. Rodney, again, thank you for for being with us. Before we went to the break, we wanted to start talking about the specifics of credit 
and 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 debt and how it works in people's lives. Uh, let's talk about these. Th- th- there are three, and, and and as you say, the only three, the monopoly credit reporting agencies. Yeah, Experian, TransUnion, and 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 the, and and retailers, credit card companies, they all subscribe. Is that correct? They that all pay cor- a fee. That is correct. I mean, the, what they basically do is they pay a fee to Experian for information buying and receiving. And basically what they'll do is on a monthly basis, a retailer, for example, will send a tape to the credit bureaus, and they will tell everything about their clients for the entire month, whether they paid on time or whether they did not pay on time and they were delinquent. But they will also, and I think this is great, when you all of a sudden read Experian's website up front, it says they are they are a marketing company that markets, markets services. So, and it says Experian promotes greater financial health and opportunity among consumers by enabling them to understand, manage, and protect their personal information, helping them control financial aspects of their key life events and making most advantageous financial and purchasing decisions. Janice, let me ask you this. What were you ever taught in high school or college about credit? Well, let me see. That my mother's credit card was in her wallet in her purse. <laughs> yeah. That was it. <laughs> Did the, and and if it, all of our children, I have children that are 22 and 21, they never learned anything in high school or college about credit. So if the credit bureaus are so big into education and they have the uh, agobly, our monopoly, whatever we want to call them, if they have that power, then why are they not out there teaching kids about it across no. our country and, and me, adults let across? Let me give you my story because I know that you have had 25 years in what you call your working laboratory of consumer financing, finances, and you have reviewed over 100,000 credit reports. But I do have to say to you, Rodney, that it is getting better. I am on the board, the advisory board, of the Massachusetts Consumer Union, and each year they have a consumer literacy camp for seniors in high school, and they bring them in for a a full day. They give them financial profiles, and during the, the course of the day, they're either broke or have lots of credit, and they can go buy. They have assignments that... Um, they have to buy a house or they have to buy a car, they have to buy furniture, whatever's on their profile. And in the course of that, they're also tracking what is happening to their credit scores. For instance, one profile might say at 12 o'clock you get pregnant. Right. Uh, Or at 3 o'clock your credit card gets stolen. Or at 2 o'clock you get Five thousand dollars more added to your credit card, um, you know. So there is education going on, but it's certainly not being uh, supported. Uh, I know the union has tried to get the the major credit uh, 
reporting agencies involved and nobody wants to do it, they should be financing it as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. They're not doing it. Well, absolutely. But you're and absolutely think of, right. Both, yeah, and, both, and think about it, Janice, kids. real quick. Think about this. 20 years we've had FICO. 40, 50 years or, or longer we've had the credit bureaus. Haven't we had enough of this? Haven't we had enough of the non-education in our country? And here's the problem. Unfortunately, our country is broke. It's a problem. And they're cutting back in the areas that we need the most help, the kids in the school districts. And financial, we teach our children how home, about home economics, but we don't teach them how to finance a home. We teach them how to fix a car, but we don't teach them how to finance a car. Mm-hmm. And and that's part of the issue it, when it comes to it. But we don't teach them, that, and most people don't realize, that it's the small things that really hurt you on the credit. And it's the small attitudes that hurt you. Because I tell people, raise your right hand and repeat after me. I am, you got your right hand re- raised, Janice? I got it. Okay, raise your right hand and repeat after me, everybody. Raise your right hand. Alpha, raise your right hand. Raise your right hand, and this is tough. I am not always right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, say that. I am not always right. I am not always right. Because that's the number one thing that gets in people's way when it comes to their credit. By gosh, I am not going to pay that $5 or $20 bill on – and it's not my cable bill. It's not my – newspaper bill, it's not my medical bill, and then the $5 collection goes to your credit, and it kills you. And people will call me every single day and say, I am not paying them because they overbilled me, they they hurt me, but here's what will happen. If you go in down the road and you want to buy a home, you may not be able to buy a home because of small items on your credit. And you have to ask yourself, is what I'm doing in my financial life working for me? Yeah, yeah. Let me let me ask you about some of the tips and techniques that that you offer people. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I think Rodney, you and I both would agree that everyone at least needs to get, at the very least, needs to get their credit report once a year. How can they get free credit reports? Well, number one, you can go to annualcreditreport.com. Now, they will not give you a score. They will only give you your report. You go through it line by line, and you look and see what's right and what's wrong. But here's the thing that's really happening in the insights that most people don't know. When you see something wrong, you just go dispute it on your credit. And what happens when you dispute it, the credit company, Experian TransUnion and Equifax, goes back to that company and they say, oh, the consumer is protesting this. But then the company comes back and says, oh, no, it's for real. And so nothing happens. But there's a dispute that goes on to your credit. Well, a dispute on your credit pulls that bad mark out of your algorithm. And many credit repair companies knew this trick. So when you went into a credit repair company, you paid them for a service that you thought you were getting and receiving. All of a sudden, all they did was just dispute all your items on your credit. Mm -hmm. 
and your mm-hmm. score went up because it was pulled out of the algorithm. But then all of a sudden, exp- I mean, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and even FHA now, but Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will not allow you one dispute on your credit report. So if you go to get a home loan and you have a dispute, you're not allowed any. So what the lender will have to do then is they will have to have you go back, pull all of those things out of your credit, then your score goes down and you go, the credit repair company did nothing for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those and are one the, of things- the things we want to really, really get people to understand that you can do personally, if you're willing to put in the time and the study, everything that a credit reporting company says that it can do. Yeah, a credit repair agency can do. Here's what's going on. If you go, you know, I see people, I saw somebody the other day, they spent $4,000 at a credit repair agency. They could have taken that $4,000, gone and paid all of their collections off, and didn't need the credit repair agency. All they would have had to do, the power is in negotiation. If you have a bad mark on your credit and it is a collection, what you do is you call that company up and say, look, I just received my credit report. I see this $100 collection on my credit. Can can you tell me what it is? And they have to identify it. Otherwise, you have to send them a validation letter, and they have to validate what it truly is. Mm-hmm. And when let, let, let's talk about the validation letter for a minute, okay. and also about the the protest because people are following following along, and one of the things that people need to understand, and you have to help me out here, Rodney. I okay. I, I know a lot about it, but not a lot. I hold up my right hand and say I don't know everything. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> and I don't know it all either, but I'll, I, I I'll help you letter, with that. A validation letter goes to the creditor am i right that's correct and they and have to they have to fill they have to give you within normally a 30 day or 30 day period of time they have to validate and tell you what that debt is for how much it is and validate yes. that that is truly exactly. yours and for those of you who are listening you can go write this down you can go to creditboards.com And all of the letters that we are talking about, verification letters, validation letters, protest letters, there is guidance as to how to write those letters and who to write them to because you send one letter to the creditor and another kind of letter to the credit reporting agencies and another kind of letter to the the, (laughs) the bill collector if you've got bill collectors. Well, and here's so, here and here's one thing that people need to know, Janice. When you find out about that $100 collection, say this. If I have the money, can I pay this thing? There are three questions you have to ask yourself. Am I willing to pay it? Am I willing to negotiate it? Or am I willing to set up a payment plan? And if you're willing to pay it, if it's $50 or $100 and you have the money, you call the company. Now remember, nice people get everything. These collectors are beat up by noon. They don't want to talk to people, and you're going to be a breath of 
fresh air being a nice person, but say, I just pulled my credit, and I found out about this $100 collection. I am willing to pay it, but I want a letter from you stating upon receipt of a cashier's check, money order, credit card, whatever, that you will consider this paid in full and remove any derogatory item from my credit. Now, by law, they do not have to, but the power is in negotiation up front because they want money. That letter to pull the information to remove is very important before you pay the bill. And the sharks, correct me if I'm, I'm, I'm wrong, Rodney, the sharks will say to you, oh, yeah, we'll send you the letter. You send us the money and we'll send you the letter. No, 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 no. Yeah, you show Have me the letter. Send you the letter first. Yeah, and and I mean, James, this personally happened to me. I mean, all all this stuff personally happens to people, and then when it when it hits you, then you really realize. And I'll share this with you. I was previously married uh, uh, quite a while back. I go to refinance my mortgage. I'm in the mortgage industry. I think my credit score is 790, and all of a sudden I pull my credit, and my credit score is 628. And I'm like, what is going on? And I had a $300 collection and a $62 collection on my credit because the cable box from my ex-spouse from 10 years ago, guess whose name was on the cable box? Mine. Mm -hmm. And when she sold the house, she did not return the cable box. So all of a sudden, those went on my credit. And I called the company and I said, what is this? This is not... And then they told me. And I said, I don't even live in the state of Arizona. I reside in the state of Texas. And so I talked to the lady, and I said, I will pay you your $362. Because, Janice, if I couldn't refinance, it was going to be $350 a month. Think about that. That's $4,200 a year. That's $25,000 nearly over five years. $126,000 over a 10-year period of time. They have to decide how much is this worth to me. And I said to them, I will pay your money, but I need a letter from you up front. And this was before email and all that. And I said, and they said, no, we can't give it. I said, ma'am, I don't even reside in that state. And I said, what can I prove to you? And she said, send me your employment records of your hire. And so I did. I sent them my employment records. They provided the letter. They faxed me the letter up front. I sent them the – I paid for it, and I had it right in my hand, and I took yeah. it in, and I paid for it. But these are the small things, and these are the secrets and strategies that people have to learn because all of a sudden – and that's why it's important, like you said, you have to pull your credit at all times. Annual Credit Report does it for free, but ladies and gentlemen – Pull your credit every 90 days or six months. You sit there and say, oh, I don't want to pay the $25 or the $30. And make sure you're using the FICO score method because that's the one that matters the most. But ask yourself this. If my credit score goes down, how much is it going to cost me? And, Janice, it's going to cost you a lot more than the cost of the credit report because look at me. It would have cost me $25,000 over a five-year period of time of me not having the opportunity to refund. And and people really need to become familiar with the federal, uh, the Fair Credit uh, Act. Yeah, the Fair Credit Reporting Act. 
report, uh, reporting act, and then there's another one, FICA. Yeah. Um, uh, all of the federal laws and your state laws, your state consumer laws in regard to both banking and credit, because um, people also don't understand, Rodney, that um, bad checks, oh, yeah. even bad when checks you pay them, ba- can go on your credit report. The bank, all of a sudden, the B of a, the Bank of Americas and the other banks out there, hey, they want their money, and we see all the time that people have bounce checks on their credit. We'll see bounce checks to the pizza place. We'll see bounce checks yes. to here. We'll see the payday loans. We'll see all the different stuff that's out there. But here, let me give you, you know, folks. One of the reasons when I wrote my book, Credit Nine One One, it's not written from a forty thousand foot level. A lot of these people want to talk way over your head. I wrote that book from a two foot level, where most everybody can understand it from the trenches of what common people go through and by through stories. But let me give your listeners some true secrets on how to get a better credit score when you go in. So when you go in to borrow money, you're going to get better interest rates. One of the things that happens, Janice, is when you go in and you use your debit card, when does it come out of your bank account? Immediately. But the credit card companies only report to the credit bureaus once a month. So here's what will happen. If you have a $10,000 line of credit and you travel in business, and let's say your balance is $9,000, But you pay it off every month. It doesn't matter that you pay it off every month. It's what day does the credit card company report to the credit bureau. So let's say today is June, or excuse me, July the 2nd, and your balance is $9,000. And you're planning on paying on that credit card off July 15th, and you're going to pay it off in full because you got reimbursed from your employer. If July Fourth or July fourth comes around, and that's the day that the credit reporting or the the credit card company reports to the credit bureau, and your balance is nine thousand dollars. You have a ten thousand dollar line with a nine thousand dollar balance. You're at ninety percent capacity, and your credit score is lower. So here's what you do: thirty to forty five days before you ever go apply for a apply for financing, buy a house, buy a car, whatever. Pay off as many credit cards as you can. Don't use them for the month, and therefore your credit score will go up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But tell me why it is that we couldn't go pay off our credit card, but we can't get a score every single day, kind of like when they pull the money out of our account. They can pull our money out of our account in 20 seconds, but we can't get a score that's updated more than once a month. Exactly. You know, one of the things that I do, Rodney, and this is a personal uh, thing with me, is that I never go above. If I can't pay my entire balance on credit cards, I never go above 25% of the total of the cap of the card. And, And that's a great suggestion to people because, again, 30%, and think about this, 30% of your credit score is called capacity. So if you have a FICO score of 850, 255 points is based on your credit cards and how much the balances are. But remember this, 
let's say you have a $200 card because you went out and received a secured credit card to reestablish or rebuild your credit. If you have a $150 balance on a $200 credit card, Janice, you're at 75% capacity. So just like you said, your goal is to be under $25. That means you should not charge more than $50 on, on the credit card. You know, and the other thing people always do, they go to these places, which I call shark places and predatory places, to get advice about how to handle their credit problems. And people are telling them, cut up your credit card and shut down the account. You should never, ever shut down the account. I have my, I have still have the account of my first MasterCard that I got in 1970. Janice, there are, there, there are financial experts in our country. I call them so-called financial experts in our country that keep telling everybody to cut up their credit cards. One particular person, everybody would know who he is, tells everybody and told everybody years ago, have a credit score of zero. If you walk into any lender's office in today's environment, you cannot have a credit score of zero because you will never be never. able to obtain financing. And I will tell you, a gentleman called me yesterday, and he was freaking out. And he said, I work for the federal government, Rodney. He says, all of my he said, everything, I have security clearances, everything is based on my credit, and my ex-wife from five years ago stopped making the house payment that she was awarded, and now it's hurt my FICO score, and he said, it could cost me my job. Yes, yes. And the thing is, he would have known had he been checking his credit, you know, Okay, I hold up my hand and I say, I don't know everything. <laughs> but I take I hey, you know my credit reports. I I take my credit reports at least every week. Well, you get alerts on them. It, it's almost like a game because if you do a a soft check on your credit report through one of one of those services, you, you might pick up a score or two. <laughs> If you do it like every every day, there are people uh, there are people who make it a game. Well, but it's still a game. Uh, my, my score is seven eighty five. I want it at eight twenty five by in three months, and they make it a game. But these are things that are so important. We have some questions coming out of our chat room, and I want to go to those questions. And we're being asked, how do you find out when the credit card company reports to the bureau and the other is when do you know when credit card companies are reporting to the credit uh, uh, reporting agencies yeah unfortunately you can call that company like you could call Citibank and they report mm -hmm. different credit cards at different times of the month so they will never normally tell you what day they report that's the problem mm -hmm. That's the big problem. So you need to call that credit card company and say, can you tell me when you report, what day you report to the credit bureaus? But that's the only way you're going to find out. The credit bureaus will never tell you that, but it's part of that whole secret. That's why it's really important before you ever go obtain financing, pay off that credit card 
30 to 45 days. Therefore, when it's reported, it's reported as zero balance, and therefore you can assure your better credit rating. That's the only way I've seen it, Janice, and I've been doing this for 27 years. Yeah. You're listening to Our Common Ground with our guest Rodney Anderson talking about credit debt and financing. And one of the things uh, after we go go to break, Rodney, that I do want to cover is I want to cover financing of mortgages, how to manage uh, the credit regarding your mortgage, how to uh, manage when you're about to make a, a, a major purchase because people need to be able to look at their reports and find out what are the things that are going to going to hurt, what are the things that are going to help that I can do. This is Our Common Ground, and we'll be right back. This is Janice Graham, and you're listening to Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. You know that the ice cream scoop can make a child smile and that by slowing us down, the traffic light can keep us going. You know that the lawnmower makes life easier, that the blood bank makes life possible. But did you know all these ideas came from the minds of African Americans? Support the United Negro College Fund, because a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Visit uncf.org or call 1-800-332-UNCF. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Well, this new board is just about giving me a real hard time. Uh, We're not being smooth here, but we're going to try to be. I'm Janice Graham. You're listening to Our Common Ground. TruthWorks Network is proud to bring you Architects of Change with Elvin Dowling and Friends. Right here at TruthWorks Network, Wednesdays. 9 p.m. This is Janice Graham inviting you to join Elvin Dowling, Architects of Change and Friends, each Wednesday, 9 p.m. at TruthWorks Network. Change is a good thing. Doing it right is even better. Join Elvin Dowling, a change and motivation coach, right here at TruthWorks Network. Architects of Change, with Elvin Dowling and Friends, Wednesdays, TruthWorks Network, 9 p.m. Sometimes, in the middle of the night, it's so long, it's so long. This is awful. Hosting the best. Of pushback talk radio.
Join Alpo on Saturday, 3 p.m. for Just Damn Radio. It's the Alpo Show at TruthWorks Network. next Saturday at Our Common Ground, Dr. Jared Bell. He is a professor of media studies and communications at Morgan State University. He's the hottest thing in talk radio at Pacifica Radio in Washington, D.C., and a columnist at the Black Agenda Report. You won't want to miss Dr. Jared Bell. He is the new generation of black media. Our Common Ground, next Saturday here, July 9th, speaking truth to power and ourselves. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. And next Saturday night with Dr. Jared Bell Ball. We will be listening to you. Tonight we're talking about credit, debt, and uh, we've gotten um, one of our nationally acclaimed experts and authors and consumer advocates, uh, Rodney Anderson, with us tonight talking about uh, some of the things that you need to know about credit and debt. And, you know, Rodney all over the news is this whole notion of political dialogue going on in Washington, and we're about at a crisis if we don't get it fixed about the debt ceiling. And I think people do not understand that every person, every consumer has a debt ceiling. It is what your capacity is, as you talked about uh, before the break, the capacity of your credit and debt ratio, which has a an important, important place in talking about this this notion of a credit score and how it either drives your life up or puts you in a hole where you're you're essentially locked up. Yeah, I mean, 30% of your credit rating is called capacity. Now, let me explain. There's two parts to capacity. Now, nobody teaches you the two parts, but I broke it down into two parts. Number one, Janice, is how many credit cards and how many loans do you have open versus how many do you have balances on? So let's say you have 10 accounts that are open on your credit report, and you have balances on 5 out of 10. You're at 50% capacity. But if you close five credit cards that you're not using, now you have balances on five out of five, and you're at a 100% capacity, and you just lowered your credit score. That's why it's really important for you to keep your credit open. Charge $5 on a card every 90 days, pay it off. That's it. But the second part is what is my line of credit versus what is my balance on that line of credit. So if you go to a department store and you do a same as cash, 
to save the 10%, which I'm never a fan of. But if they open up a credit card for $300 and you charge $290 and you don't pay it off right away, you're over 95% capacity and you just lowered your credit score. Hey, Rodney, you must you must shop where I shop. Everywhere you go, if you buy something, if your total purchase is over $100 or $200, I notice that the the salesperson then says to you, would you like to, you can get 15% off if you'd open one of our credit cards. Yeah, and you know what? And it's, the, it's the worst 10 or 15%, Janice, that you will ever save. And here's the reason why. Number one, they are opening up a $300 credit card, and they you have the balance of the $290. You are on a brand-new account. 15% of your credit is your length of credit. You open a brand-new account, it could potentially lower your score. You're maxed out on the credit card. That could potentially – that will lower your score. But number three, and most people don't realize this either – there is what's called a mix of credit, and mix of credit makes up 10% of your credit score. And so if you borrow money from banks or credit unions, those are considered lower risk. But when you go and you borrow, uh, you open up a new credit card at the, at the department stores, those are considered finance companies, and finance companies are higher risk. Therefore, the risk model in the 10% shows it more of a negative. So you have three whammies against you when you open up that small credit card at that department store. And lastly, you know, I never recommend you open up a credit card at one store that you have to shop at that store only because what does that do for you? It doesn't help you whatsoever. There's a company out there. I love the company. It's a great company. They have fabulous products. But it's Neiman Marcus. And Neiman Marcus only accepts Neiman Marcus or American Express. They do not accept Visa or MasterCard. And it's Mm -hmm. a fundamental problem in their business model because if you don't have an American Express, which a lot of consumers don't, you have to use their store store card. And guess what their store card is? It's a finance company, but it's one that they charge over 20-something percent interest on it, Janice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about um, how people can become more savvy about this. Uh, in uh, let's go back to my example of I'm, I'm hearing from salespeople all the time. Oh, oh, you'll get 15% uh, off on all of your purchases if you get this card. Now, if I did that, got the 15%, and then turned around after they gave me my account num- my new account number and paid it off, would that make a difference? Yeah, if you, if you well, you still have the length of credit, but if you go to pay it off then yes, that will help you. And you do pay it off, but don't close it right away. Don't close that card, but just don't use it. Or if you're go- But if you don't use a card, here's where it's backwards. If you don't use a card, then they consider it non-active. So you have to use these cards about every 90 days or six months, and you charge $5 on it, and you pay it off right away. But if you pay it off right away, it will help you. But, Janice, how many people live paycheck to paycheck, and they go for the instant gratification, and then they don't pay it off right away? And what the credit card company, what the department store is wanting is they know, based on a percentage, 
They have all their numbers, too. They know what the chances are of you paying that credit card off. They're just walking That's you right, right into it. That's right. So let's let's talk, uh, Rodney, uh, a bit about how people can begin to negotiate their to manage their credit by negotiating an interest rate. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. A gentleman walked into my office the other day, and he said, "Rodney, will you take a look at this?" He said. I have a credit card with Chase. He said, they're charging me 3%. And he says, but I have another credit card with Chase. He said, they're charging me 30%. And I said to Joel, I said, well, take those two, divide it by two, and you're paying 16 and a half. And I said, look at it that way and kind of make it a joke. But there is no joke. What you have to do, ladies and gentlemen, is you have to open up these credit card statements. You have to know what rates are, and if you have good credit, transfer your balances from one company to another company. You do not have to be a member of a company forever. I call it membership had its privileges. You do not have to be a long-term customer because in the old days of American Express, they made you feel really good because it said membership had its privileges. Well, when all of a sudden they drop your line of credit or they raise your interest rate up, what kind of privileges do you have? Or do both. Yeah, or do both. What kind of privileges do you have? Yeah. You have zero the world of Bank of America, how do they go and raise somebody's rate from 7.9 to 34.9 and get away with it? Well, it's the politics of it all. And um, who are the lobbyists? Who are the lobbyists for the credit reporting agencies, the banks, and uh, the finance companies? Yeah, well, they're all they hire different lobbyists, and and here's what I will tell you. And you know, we talked earlier about my bill in Congress that if you pay or settle a medical collection rather than waiting seven years, it comes off in 45 days. Janice, I I knew nothing three years ago when I started this whole uh, when I started this whole purpose to, as Tom Joyner would say, and I I was on Tom Joyner's cruise speaking, and it was partying with the purpose. But this is practicing politics with a purpose to help people uh when you when you go about this you have to have lobbyists i have had to personally hire lobbyists out of my own pocket to get a bill passed in this country i've had to invest a million dollars of my own money to get a bill passed now i don't want any money from anybody but you have to have lobbyists and you have to understand the political system but the problem is for example in my system i know i've got a great bill Congress thinks I've got a great bill. The Senate thinks I've got a great bill. But you know what? It's all about the money. And what I'm doing, for example, I'm David. I'm taking on Goliath. Because how much money does Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax have, Janice? But, you know, they're backed in the corner on this bill. Because the national credit reporting agencies, the one that provide credit reports to 80% of mortgage lenders, Janice, they support the bill. But the only group of people against it are the three credit bureaus because, lo and behold, it's going to hurt their revenue stream. Well, their revenue stream needs to stop because they're the ones that are hurting your revenue stream and every single listener's revenue stream across this country. 
Well, okay, let's talk. Let's go back to your Medical Debt Responsibility Act. It's passed the Congress, and what it essentially does is that if you pay in full a medical bill, rather than it being on your credit report as a as a negative uh, for seven years, it has to come off in 45. That's yeah. only in the case that it is paid off. Paid now, or Ronnie, settled, I have to paid ask or settled though, Janice. I want to make oh, this paid clear. Or paid, okay. paid or settled. Now, what's different from our bill, we've had to go back and make an adjustment. And I don't like the adjustment, but I have to live with the adjustment because politics is about making adjustments. When it first passed a year ago, it had no cap on it. Now it has a cap. The medical collection cannot exceed $2,500. But my numbers in my studies that I did, and I researched 5,100 people, and I found that 2,200 of them had at least one medical collection. This will help 90%. But you know what? I would love for it to help everybody. But unfortunately in in politics, you've got to give to get. And I do not want to hold up a bill that would help 90% of Americans just because of, of, of being, you know, just, you know, trying to push and push and push. And so the yeah. bill is different this time. It is bipartisan in the House. I've had some really good people on my radio show here in Dallas recently. Dr. Michael Burgess was on. He's a great con- – he's a really good congressman, former doctor, former OBGYN, like him. Last week uh, or two weeks ago, a uh, Democrat from North Carolina, uh, Heath Schuler was on my radio show. He's a champion of the bill. You know, but it is just navigating your way through this thing. But, you know, here's the thing also. Folks, here's where I can use your help. If you're listening to this show, this is a grassroots effort. This is not about Rodney Anderson passing a bill. This is a bill for people. And what we need to do is a grassroots effort of we need to contact our congressman, we need to contact our senator, but we need to tell every person in America about this bill. Tell all your groups, tell your churches, tell your organizations, and let's start working on this together because I can't do this alone. But mm-hmm. and I will you're, tell you're, you you're absolutely right. And it's just the beginning because there are people who are listening to this program tonight and listening to this discussion that are saying if any bill is paid off or settled, it should also not have to run seven years. What's so magic about seven? Yeah, you know, I don't. You know, that's unfortunate because that's where they come up with the whole credit reporting agencies come up with this seven-year rule. I don't know where they yeah. just pulled that out of the air. I agree with you that a lot of these small ones, especially the two hundred dollars and the and the three hundred dollars. You know, uh-huh. when the kid, when and your the, child doesn't take the library book back, and the library puts a puts a negative mark on your credit report for twenty five dollars. Did they extend you credit? No, but small things lead to big problems. But you're right. What they need to do is we need to peel this back layer at a time. The reason why I wanted to do medical first is number one, we don't ask for accidents, we don't ask for sickness, but medical debt is unique. Because yes. there is no, there is no checkout line. Janice, have you ever walked into a? You walked into a grocery store, 
and picked up a few items. And before you walked out of that store, there was a checkout line where you got a detailed bill and you paid right then. When you walk out of a hospital lab or doctor's office, normally is there a checkout line where you get a detailed bill? Yes. No, no, well, there's not a checkout line. There's not a checkout line where you get a detailed bill. And then the insurance companies. You know, the other, I was going to say, the other part of what's happening in medical billing and debt is that insurance companies are changing the way that they pay, and, and it has changed tremendously. There was a time when you went to the hospital and you had Blue Cross Blue Shield, and Blue Cross Blue Shield paid 85%. The hospital didn't care about the 20%, and they measured what the total bill was based on what the 85% was going to be. Right. But that is not happening now because the hospitals have become as more eager in terms of profit as even the insurance companies. And the other is, and I think, Rodney, one of the things that I would like to see you do is to put the Medical Responsibility Act, uh, Debt Act, on causes. It is a a, a petition kind of um, Internet-based site where you could send out the petition to loads and loads and loads of people. Okay. And the the other um the other idea that I had as I read the act was that we should find a Fiverr. Fiverr dot Fivers dot com is a site where people who are really internet savvy can get like uh seventy seven thousand tweet uh 77,000 tweets um, going on any message that you have, and you only pay $5 for it. That's why I call it Fiverr. You know, there are lots of things, and for those of you who are listening, I've just, um, and in our chat room, I've just posted the link to Rodney's website where you can read about the Medical Responsibility Act, Debt Responsibility Act, and do something um to help as an activist because all of you know that this is alternative activist empowerment talk radio. We don't just talk about things, we do something about it. And, Ronnie, I am really hoping that someone will um, begin to think through this whole thing about how uh, the banking, the, the credit banking finance, industrial complex holds people hostage uh, in terms of how they have created another undergird of, of, of this system, and that is let's talk about collection agencies. Oh, gee, Whoa. You know, they're, they're, Everybody they're just, went, oh, my yeah, God. They're just unregulated. To a certain point, they call you at work. Do you know what I call the new the new thing that they're doing now, Janice? It's called social collecting. <laughs> what this is is where they will contact your friends or your family through Facebook and try uh-huh. to collect and find you. I call it social collecting. Uh huh. Uh huh. And, and it's and- sad. And it's sad what's going on. 
I mean, I had a lady call me a while back, and she said, Rodney, what do I do? My neighbors, they called my neighbors and told me they were looking for me. My neighbors called me up and said, somebody called our house today, and they asked about you. And it was some collection agency. You know, you know how embarrassing that is? Exactly. When you walk yeah. into your employment, they're not supposed to call you at, a, at your employer if you ask them not to, and you sign. But the key that, is, you have to ask them. You have to tell them not to. And if they do it, it's a violation of federal law, and there's a one thousand dollar fine for it. Absolutely, absolutely. But what you have to do is that's why it's so important to understand what's on your credit. Take control of it today. Start learning yeah. how to deal and negotiate with collections. You know, Chapter 5 in my book, Credit 911, I wrote a chapter on collections, deal with it, and it teaches people how to deal and negotiate with collection agencies because we all think that we all know, but we don't know. And here's one thing I will tell you. Your friends, your family, your coworkers, and I all have one thing in common – no one pays your bills for you, and you're getting some really bad advice from people that think they know it all, but they don't know it all, and they don't know the insights, and they don't know the rules because everyday so-called financial experts are out there, and they don't know the rules, and they're giving you a lot of bad information. Exactly, and all of these call 8-1-800. I'm your, your, your friendly credit repair company well if they're charging then they're not trying to help there are state agencies across this country that do it for free but that's that's a service of of your government not a private people this is the new thing rodney a non i'm we're non-profit well non-profit does not mean no profit (laughs) yeah yeah, and you're and you're right. So, <laughs> and and there's so, profit in there for people, but at exactly. the end of the year, the no books show non-profit. Exactly. Our number is uh, 347-838-9852. Rodney, can we take some calls? Absolutely. You're on the air. I respect you. You're with Rodney Anderson and Janice Graham on Our Common Ground. 312. Janice? Yes. Hey, Janice, this is uh, House. Um, how are you? Good, thank you, House Music Lover. Good to have you with us tonight. You know, I I'm didn't sorry, see actually, you in the chat room. Uh, no, actually, I'm traveling. I had your show on. I was signed in as a guest. I was listening to your guest, and I thought he was really, really good, especially the part about how the uh, credit card companies with FICO system, I guess, to the banks, help create that bubble the uh, housing bubble and how all the uh, how uh, all the credit was basically drummed up and, you know, all these free offers were sent out. Um, but actually, I was in transit just listening uh, to the show, and, and I was just hoping to, uh, because I am out, hoping to listen to the show while I'm, while I'm out without a... Uh, oh, okay, so without, you want to be on hold. Yes, if that's good. That will be fine. So good to have you, and um, we want you to travel safely. Thank you, ma'am. And hope hope that you'll join us on Friday night uh, with uh, Blueprint uh, for Black Women on policing, girl policing in our cities. Thank you, House Music Lover. Thank you. One of our um, regular um, guests 
uh, at our common ground, calling from his car, traveling, but he is in Chicago. Ronnie, uh, let's let's talk a little about what people can do immediately. Uh, first, first of all, we want you to go to Rodney's website, which is rodneyanderson.com. That's pretty straightforward. We are also recommending that you learn to manage your credit and credit problems by purchasing his book, Credit 911, Secrets and Strategies for Saving Your Financial Life. Um, In your book, you cover what people should do immediately when they're contacted by uh, a collection agency, which is not, by the way, a, a credit reporting agency. Collection agency is different. Generally, how does a credit a credit collection company get to call you well what's going to happen what's going to happen is after you go 180 days without making a payment then the credit card company or any company can sell your debt to a collection agency and at that part at that point they will start calling you and they will make your life in many cases a living hell and and they'll call you at work they'll call you everywhere but the solution ladies and gentlemen is picking up the phone in most situations we're so afraid to talk to these people but we have to determine how much is the amount and can we start dealing with it today because prolonging it will never it's it's never going to rectify because one thing that most people don't know about collections is they can sell these collections from one company to another company down the road and the seven-year rule starts all over again and it's called re-aging debt. And so the fastest way to start improving your credit with these collections is start dealing with them right away. Now, some are large. And folks, if you're so far in debt, if you have so many collections, if you're not paying your bills right now, if you've lost your job, look at your alternatives. I mean, one of the chapters in my book is called Bankruptcy, Losing the Battle to Win the War. Now, am I just an advocate for bankruptcy? No. But if you are over your head, there's no way out, you feel. I want to tell you, there is a way out. There is a way out. Also, a lot of people are facing foreclosure out there. Find out, really, what you have, how much you owe, and what your house is worth. Janice, I had a client call me the other day, and they said, Rodney, I'm getting ready to lose my house. I said, how much do you owe on your house? And they said, 19000 I said, how much is your house worth? They said, 150000 I said, sell your house. You have $130,000 of equity in your house. Sell your house. Don't give all that money back to the bank. But look at options. These mortgage modifications, oh, they're not helping anybody. Biggest joke in the world. That is the worst program in America, and these banks don't want to help anybody, but then they'll add all this money on back to the back end of the loan. But you have to try to get control of your finances. And one of the things is when we're going through our life, Janice, there's always roadblocks like divorce. Divorce is never fun, but one of the chapters in my book is how to avoid financial disaster when getting divorced. 
I called. I thought I was divorced because you'll find that your ex-spouse that's responsible for debt, you're still on that. You're still financially obligated unless you take care of it in the right way up front. Yes, yes. But one of the things is, I, I, I'm not sure why, but people are afraid. I, you know, one one of the things that on this radio show that I've, when we deal with the issue of credit and debt and having problems is that if you have a if you have a problem that is so overwhelming that it creates uh fear for you then one of the things that you you must do is to set aside 1 hour to sit down and write out what is the problem if you do that then you tend to feel that you're getting a little bit of control. And if it's a credit problem, the first thing that you have to do is before you contact a a credit collection agency or a credit card company that's hounding you, is to get your credit report and look to the extent that you've already been impacted by the problem. And Rodney, I think I think a lot of it is really fear. It, it I is. I mean, more, more more people will talk to the IRS than they will talk to their credit card company when they when they have have overdue balances. Well, and, and it's not just that; it's even it's even if you have excellent credit, ladies and gentlemen, I call it a financial take a financial day off. And what I mean by a day off is we take holidays off work. We have Fourth of July here in a few days. We're going to take the day off work. Take a couple hours out of your day and take what's called a financial day off. And let me break that down real quick, okay? If you have a mortgage, for example, mortgage rates are record lows, but many people are still sitting there at 6 or 7%. Call a lender to see if refinancing is an option for you, but be very careful of the closing costs. A lot of lenders are ripping people off. So be very careful. But the second thing, did you know that your auto insurance rates and your homeowner's insurance rates are dictated by your credit more so than your than your driving record? Most people don't know. Well, one of the major companies, for example, in Texas, just had a 35% increase. Janice, could you imagine somebody walking into their employer and telling their boss, I want a 35% raise? Wouldn't that be really cool? Yeah, yeah. But all of a sudden, but these insurance companies... There is, a, there is a political part of this. And I think that most people do not think of it as a political problem. Yeah, well, it's it's political, and it's and it's and it's many times it's it's people's just desire to have it. What I tell people also: call your credit card companies, ask them to drop your rates. Uh, call your cell phone companies and see if there's a better plan. Do all these things mm-hmm. by taking a financial day off, and you'll save some money. Because therefore, yeah. if you save that extra money, you can attack your debt, you can attack your collections. There's ways mm-hmm. to save money out there. And you're right, a lot. Of it comes to politics. I'm waiting for the politician, and I'll vote for them right away, because I wrote I vote for the right person. That's my motto. I'm voting for the best person for the job, and I want to see the politician that stands up and says, "I'm taking on the credit bureaus. I am going to help you, the consumer, and you." 
dealing with these collect i mean these credit reporting agencies these collection agencies you could you could run for president of the United States and win you on really a credit on a credit platform alone you 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 really could as a matter of fact um our attorney general uh Martha Coakley here in uh Massachusetts when she first ran for attorney general many years ago, she ran on a platform of fixing consumer laws having to do with banking credit and financing in this state. And well, there's, that a, there's, there's a made great her person. A shiro. Yeah. That there's made a great her person a, in Massachusetts. Shiro. And I want to tell you about – hey, Janice, I want to tell you about a great person in Massachusetts. There's a gentleman there that runs a nonprofit, and I love this nonprofit. It's called the Access Project. Yes. And his name and his name is Mark Rucavina. And I will tell you, Mark has been very instrumental in helping me get the medical debt bill the medical debt responsibility act. I love that guy. In Massachusetts, I love Mark Rucavina. He's a true Most people in, in Massachusetts do. Working people in Massachusetts do. Yeah, that guy is fabulous. Yeah. So I, I just wanted yeah. to give him uh kudos out there. That's great. And and I think I'll I'll contact him and probably have him on the show. Hey, Ronnie, this has been great. Now let's go back through your book, Credit 911, Secrets and Strategies for Saving Your Financial Life, published by Wiley and, and, and uh, Sons Publishing. Um, can people get it? Where can people get it just you, in the yeah. You can get it at Barnes and Noble, Borders Books, the ones that are still open. You can get it yeah. at Amazon.com, almost everywhere across the country. Folks, I, here's what I want to share. Authors don't make money in writing books. Everybody thinks authors make a lot of money. I didn't write a book to make money. I have a full-time job that pays me well. I wrote a book to help people. Credit 911 helps people. And I promise you, you pick it up, you read it cover to cover, and you will save a lot of money. But you can take your credit back. Think of having great credit and good credit as freedom. We live in a country where we have freedom of religion. We have so many other freedoms out there. But think of having good credit with as having freedom. Because at the end of the day, if we don't have freedom, we have a life that we run, that can run or ruin our life, our credit, but we have one that bounds us. And that's what having good credit all of a sudden does. It gives you opportunities. Yeah. And, Rodney, one question that is being asked in our chat room is about uh, the new Consumer Credit Bureau being set up by President Obama and being led by Elizabeth Warren. What's your take on that? Well, have you uh, met with them on the medical re, on the medical debt responsibility act? I have not met with Elizabeth Warren personally. I, you know, she is under a lot of scrutiny right now. You know, uh, President Obama wants her. Many of the Republicans don't want her. They want to limit her. I, I looked at some of the mortgage forms that she wants. The clear understanding of the mortgage forms. I really like them actually because people can understand them, but. Everybody's worried about these credit bureaus. Forget about the lobbies. We need somebody that's in power. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I truly think 
you know, we have all these heads of all these agencies, and Elizabeth Warren may be the right person for the certain job, but I'm going to tell you, I think we need a head of a credit agency that helps consumers in that. That yeah. person has a full-time job just doing that alone. But I uh-huh. think I think what Elizabeth is doing, potentially, I, I haven't seen all of her work because she hasn't been able to do all of her work, but I'm really interested to see what she would do. I think, actually, she could run for uh, U.S. Senate now. Well, I'm hoping, as a matter of fact, uh, I did attend a meeting some last fall uh, or last summer uh, with her, uh, to with a group of people to encourage her to run for um, um, uh, against Scott Brown. Right. Uh, I think he's a beathead. Uh, <laughs> well, I, and, you know, uh, one of the things I've learned in getting a bill passed in our country is we need everybody. So I unfortunately try to stay out of the politics of calling yeah, people and yeah. all that. I'll, well, I'll let everybody else do that. Yeah, but, he's a beathead. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, w- he you, would you, not get it. He would not be able to connect the dots, and he hasn't connected the dots on so many other uh, uh, things. But well, one of the things here's is what I would recommend: we're facing a, a watered-down financial reform bill because that's the way to negotiate the way for Elizabeth Warren, and everything is so negotiated and and compromised down that you're not getting where you need to be. And that's what's happening in politics in this country. Well, I would tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I would pick up the phone and call Scott Brown and go tell him to support the medical. Oh no, response. you know what I did? What's that? Um, I some of the promotional stuff I did for the show tonight. Uh-huh. I just copied some of it, uh, and especially around your bill. After I uh-huh. talked to you the other day, and I just shot off not only a copy to my U.S. Congre- congressional delegation, but also to my state legislative congre- uh, 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 delegation because I think that we have got to put a fire under consumer rights and the victimization of consumers in this country. I agree. I agree with you. We need uh, we need a lot of help in these areas. We need uh, we need solutions. You know, let's face it. We're facing a debt problem. Uh, consumers are facing a debt problem. But here's the thing: everybody can complain about it, but we need solutions. You know, most people say there's a problem. What are we going to do something? What, what, what's got to be done? And somebody's got to do something about it. Leaders in our country need to say, there is a problem, and I'm going to do something about it, dang it. I'm going to do something about it. And that's what we need is leaders that want to do something about it, and it starts right here by fixing yeah. the credit reporting agencies. Well, I think that on behalf of consumers – that someone with your 25 years of working lab experience, having read 100,000, if I had to read 100,000 credit reports, I will, would be a little loony. But because you have, you are a wonderful voice to be talking with the White House um, and to the um, finance um, and banking committee representatives about how we need to fix consumer credit reporting, credit scoring, and 
to be fairer. Uh, I mean, why should someone have to live with a fifty dollar mark on a credit report for some magic seven years? The seven year thing is just unexplainable to me. Yeah, who come up with it? And that's where exactly. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you next year. I mean, in 2012, before the elections, we need to have. I'm, I'm not kidding on this. Uh, we need to have a march. We need to have the million-person credit march. But this Willie wouldn't be a million-person. We need to have the 10 million or 20 million-person credit march because we're all being affected. And until we stand up and say, by gosh, I'm not going to take it anymore from these agencies. Now, when you say I'm not going to take it anymore, that doesn't mean go stop paying your bills. What I'm talking about is a national movement of telling the administration, telling the Democrats and the Republicans that we've had enough of this and we need to do something about it. Exactly. Hey Rodney, we've got to shut up we've got to shut up and then try to um organize people in a way that is effective around uh, making the move and empowering the voice of consumers in this country. And you know where I think that that has to start? That has to start with the unions, but pretty soon we won't have any. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think. Well, so, you know, you, you know, got you got to realize my background is I, I grew up a plumber's kid. Okay, now my dad was not part of the union, but I, you know, my mom voted straight Democratic ticket. You know, that's yeah, the way I, she was. And, uh, you know, you have to look at that. You have to look at the different – you have to look at the people. But no matter if it's Democrat or Republican, you got to vote for the right person, for the right job. That's right. That's, that's, that's going right. to protect you as a consumer. Yeah. People who, people who get it as a collaboration of fairness and justice in this country with people who are the undergird of this country. Rodney Anderson, thank you so much for being with us tonight. I hope we'll have you back uh, to talk more as you move through the Senate on the Medical Debt Responsibility Act. And the more we get some information and traction about uh, how we can go after these, the monopoly on credit right. reporting. Well, you know, here's what I tell I say, people, Jen. If it's Jen, a bad debt, you don't pay it. It should be on your report forever until you do pay it. And if it's a bad debt and you do pay it, then it should come off of your it should come off of your record before seven years. Well, I I'll mean, tell you what, that's Jen. Th- thank you, that. thank you for having me on. And tell her, I would tell everybody, go to my website, RodneyAnderson.com. Go under the Medical Debt Responsibility Act. If you have a medical debt story regarding collections, tell your story. There's a petition on there. Sign the petition, everybody, and just go on there and email me and email all your stuff. I, w- I won't spam you. I won't do any of that. All I want to do is we need we need solutions, and the solutions start with the consumers, and that's you. You guys that's can right. all help me pass the bill. I'll tell you who's been really helpful and also in Indy, uh, in Massachusetts is Barney Frank has been really helpful in, in getting yeah. the medical debt. Uh, and you just met with him. Is that right? Or you no, I'm, I'm supposed to have week? him on my radio show uh, next okay. week, hopefully. Okay, and you stream on on on. On 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 the internet. Yeah, go on to go on to just RodneyAnderson.com. You can find out all about me, what I'm all about, and it's all about uh, changing people's lives. Janice, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. you, and I I do want to say I'm so appreciative of the time that you spent 
and uh, certainly hope that uh, we can get updated uh, on what's happening with the act. And thank you for your energy on behalf of American people, Rodney. Thank you so much. Thanks, Janice. Bye now. We've been visiting with Rodney Anderson. He is the nationally acclaimed expert and author uh, and consumer advocate. If you'd like to get more information about him and the work that he's doing uh, in regard to this uh, U.S. House bill, um, the Medical Debt Relief Act of 2009, uh, which has taken on the Fair Credit Reporting Act, and it was passed in the House, th- 336 to 82. And um, it has to go through the Senate now. Thank you for being with us. Our number is 347-838-9852. We would like to hear from you, and we have our phones open. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to go and talk about... Um, uh, some of the things that we learned from 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 Rodney uh, Anderson and some of the issues that uh, are are pertinent in regard to this credit and debt. We don't have much time, and we're also going to uh, we're going to do something different here at our common ground tonight. We have a com- our common ground note empowerment note that we want to share with you before we leave. I'm having a real difficult time moving this board up and down. I don't know why, but um, at some point we will um, get it right. It's moving in a very chopped way, and I'm not sure what's making it do that, but we're going to go to break and we'll be right back, I think. We're going to go to break. Thank you for being with us here at Our Common Ground. Our lines are open, 347-838-9852. I'm Janice Graham, and I'm listening for you. that tonight uh, Alpha is not with me as my co-host. Alpha does two hours of talk at 3 o'clock at Truthwork Network on Saturdays, and uh, we don't want to wear him out. Uh, I'm having a real hard time with this board. Um, When I tell it to go up, it's going down. When I tell it to go down, uh, I don't know how much of the other hosts uh, are having problems with the board, but he was a Rodney Anderson was a, a, a an outstanding guest. Our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. If you would like to join us and uh, tell us something good, um, we certainly would. Um, we certainly would. Um, like to hear from you.
this Works Network, nightly call-in talk radio. It's the Black Voice Collaborative, right here on Blog Talk Radio. TruthWorks Network, Monday, Power Views, Reloading the Truth, the best of broadcast interviews in and around black media across the Internet. Wednesdays, Architects of Change with Elvin Dowling and Friends. Change, Motivation, and Inspiration, 9 p.m. Wednesday evenings, Architects of Change with Elvin Dowling and Friends. Saturday. Just damn political pushback with the master daddy of all political thought. The Alpha Show with Alpha. 3 p.m. on TruthWorks Network. The truth must be spoken more than once. Janice Graham wanted to tell you about two specials coming up on Our Common Ground. A Friday night special, July 8th, Policing Girls with Blueprint for Black Women, here at Our Common Ground at 10 p.m. And on July 18th, 10 p.m., a special with Kimba Smith, the poster child for mandatory minimum sentencing, will be with us talking about her new book, Poster Child, The Kimba Smith Story. I hope you'll be able to join us. Two Our Common Ground specials. On July 8th, Friday night, Policing Girls in the Inner City. And on July 18th, The Poster Child of Minimum Mandatory Sentencing, Kimba Smith. She will tell you her story, and she and I will tell you a story that we share. Hope you'll join us. And thank you so much for being with us here at Our Common Ground. We're going to take one more phone call. We've only got a few minutes. 773, you're on the air. I respect you. Hotep. Well, Hotep, and good evening, Janice. Um, Good evening, Alpha. How I miss you. I am lonely here. Yeah, well, you got the you got the switchboard to deal with. <laughs> you got that switchboard to deal with, and yeah, I, this switch- the switchboard is. You know, when I first experienced that switchboard, it was, I mean, delayed and everything. But with my computer, who knows? Could have just been me. 
But I'm Yeah, it could have been you. <laughs> I I couldn't uh, join you but um uh Nelson um had a great deal and I really enjoyed the program because um Thank you. He he basically touched upon a, a great deal of things that people just don't get. People don't understand. You're absolutely right. None of us have a get a course on uh, on finances, especially our children. They have they 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 enter this this credit this realm this this environment of credit purely, you know, un. Un, uh, unprepared, you know, and Rodney Anderson brought up a few good points about how to deal with the credit. But I think, first and foremost, in our schools, we should be getting financial classes. Our, our children should be learning about finances yeah. rather than yeah. just coming off cold. But, you know, yeah. I know your time is short. You're almost out of there, and um, I would have... Well, thank uh, you for your feedback. It's very important for those of you who want to contact us at Our Common Ground. Our website is OurCommonGround.com, and our community center, OurCommonGround-Talk.Ning.com. And if you want to contact Alpha, TruthWorks.Ning.com. Uh, you will find him there. Alpha, thank you so much for your your, your feedback. We're going to go and um, we want to remind people, Friday night, this Friday night, uh, Our Common Ground special at 10 p.m. right here at Our Common Ground, talking about a new problem. Thank you, Alpha. All right, have a you good have one. Have a good weekend. Everybody have a great holiday. We're going to go to our empowerment note, and then we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for being with us. And our common ground, empowerment note. To the issue of justice. The question becomes, what happens if the new masters become looking like us? And that was part of the question that we can go back to the continent of Africa in terms of post-colonialism and begin to get some new lessons around. Because we are at that moment, and God does not want us to squander this opportunity. And so a sleeping people will squander the opportunity that God sends if we're not willing to grapple with these difficult internal questions. The other thing that has really been put on this uh, table of you cannot touch this um, new president is reparations, obviously. So that the very day that the U.S. Congress was willing to pass the legislation that spoke to apology was the very day that there was a recension of any conversation on reparations. And so we have indeed gone through a period of a deafening silence. And that deafening silence are around the very issues that we are required to confront if we're going to heal our souls and to be a whole people. 
in a transformative world in which global economics is critical. So before I get to the last point, I want to put a little footnote on a couple of things. It's not just the 6% to the 11% unemployment rate that we have to worry about. It's the 54% of African Americans who are work eligible who did not work last year. Because by the way they count the statistics of unemployment, a whole group of people are excluded. It is not just about the imprisonment of 1.2 million African American persons, but it is about a definition that we have reached the level of what would be called mass imprisonment by any definition of international standards. And so we confront some very critical issues in which the viability of our people for generations is critically at stake. at Our Common Ground. We'll see you on Friday night, Our Common Ground special with black women, friends, policing girls. I'm Janice Friends, and I'll be listening for you. And I would first respond by reminding us that affirmative action is a part of the systemic nature of white racism and white supremacy in this nation that in fact affirmative action for white people, particularly white men, is fundamental fabric of this nation. And so the set aside of privilege for a certain category, white men, began with the very notion of who could own land and who could cast the vote. a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.